0: This is the Taz and Jim podcast.
1: A legend has left us. Eddie Van Halen lost his battle with cancer, passed away at age 65. His son Wolfgang uh, made the announcement on social media yesterday. And Scott Zarek was the lead guitarist in Van Halen tribute band 5150 for uh, quite a span. How long ago was that, Scott?
2: Oh, boy, it seems like a lifetime ago, Taz. Um that was mid '90s to early 2000s.
1: Yeah, and you can shred like like Eddie. Um, what drew you to Eddie Van Halen's guitar
2: playing? I think it, the the biggest thing was the passion and the conviction in the playing. Um, somebody had given me a, a somebody had given me Van Halen one when it had come out, and it was just like un, unlike anything that you had ever heard before. Um, just the the techniques. The, the cleanness in his playing, but just the passion and the, the aggressiveness was just like, oh my God, this guy's got really something special going on here. So it was, I, was, I was hooked. And it was like one of those defining moments where, you know, this is what I want to do. It was like a, it, it's something that had really just touched your soul.
1: Yeah, it was completely different than anything you, you'd you ever heard before. And I can see you're getting emotional talking about it. I mean, this music has been such a big, big part of your life, Scott.
2: Of course. I mean, huge influence, right? So, I mean, you have other influences, but, you know, my main guy was always Eddie. Just the, the, um, a couple of things come to mind with him. Um, he was a true innovator. The things that he came up with on guitar... He was always tinkering and experimenting and I think it uh, attributes to the fact that he he never really let go of his inner 5-year-old child. He he never was he never worried about what other people thought of what he was doing. He didn't care about making mistakes. He was just on this quest for creating something new and being a true musician, a true artist. And I think when you let your guard down like that and you you become vulnerable that's what happens and i think it's an important it's 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 a great way to live your life because you can kind of just get on and do what you have to do but you're not worried about you know blowing things up in the lab if you will it's you 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 break barriers which is right. what he had done and, and just, you're just, talking it, about
1: this. I can see in your background, you got your little music area set up in your basement. We're, we're talking on Facetime right now. Yeah. But, I, but in the background, I can see your power tools. Do you ever uh, do you <laughs> ever incorporate that drill into Get the old saws all going?
2: Your guitar playing? We well, funny enough, yes, because uh, the opening to the sound of the song Pound Cake, um, Eddie had just used the, the sound of a drill motor kind of going through the guitar pickups and you know that was just him like he had picked up a drill that someone had left on his amplifier turned it on just to see if it was still charged and he was holding it next to his guitar and you you could hear the sound of the motor coming through the guitar pickups so typical eddie just found a way to make something musical out of it so
1: yeah pretty awesome man yeah absolutely absolutely so what what was special about his guitar playing? Was it the, uh, the, the technique? Was it his speed? Was it the way he'd hammer on the strings?
2: All the above. So he, I mean, a little bit of a background, like his dad was a world-class clarinet player. There was a lot of music in the family. He was a classically trained pianist, and some say that he was actually a better pianist than he was a guitarist. So he had a huge musical background, Um, he kind of plays it down like, oh, it's nothing, I can't read music, but it was something very special. He was able to take that musicality and training and apply it to the guitar, which gave him a huge advantage, especially at the time, because there was really nothing around in terms of guitar education in the early to mid-70s when he was really woodshedding it. So... um, he, he was constantly playing like he would play 12, 14, 16 hours a day. Um, his, he, his genetic makeup was such that he was just meant to be a musician like he has he has an incredible ear, a great memory for music, great sense of rhythm and timing and top that off with sitting down and learning every single Eric Clapton, Jimi Hendrix, Jeff Beck. Billy Gibbons solo, and being this innocent creative genius, I mean, boom, like, you, he had a wealth of knowledge to draw on, and developed a lot of techniques. so I mean, everyone, when they think of Eddie, technically, everyone thinks of him as, you know, the guy that does all the fretboard tapping, but to me, that was such a small percentage of his playing, like, he is, was an incredible rhythm guitarist. Um, he would combine chord progressions with riffs. Um, he had a great way of inventing the wheel. He would take common common chord progressions, like I heard you playing Panama, you know, kind of on the, yeah. on the lead up into this. And it's really just that intro is just four chords, but the way he spins the same four chords that everyone else plays that is almost generic, he reinvents it into something totally new and exciting. So that was that he just he lucked out or he didn't luck out he he worked so hard and he he just innocently put together this magic formula so even if you weren't a guitarist you liked the songs because in some way they were familiar because he used familiar chord progressions you 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 know the band wrote great songs and if you were a guitarist or a musician of any capacity, you just knew that this guy meant serious business. Like, I've, I've, I've played Van Halen for, you know, concert musicians that were cellists or bassoon players, and they were like, oh my God, you can just feel this guy's heart and soul pouring through the notes. It's like when a virtuoso violinist picks it up, picks up the violin, plays one note, and everybody turns. It's like yeah. dude, heads turn. You know it's like that there's something special going on here. Scott, you're this,
1: giving you're giving me goosebumps, man. You you have the passion for music. I mean, that's what it is. It's talent, hard work, and passion combined. And Eddie Van Halen definitely checked all of those boxes.
2: You bet, man. You bet.
1: You actually went down to Los Angeles to to learn guitar to train uh, down there on the guitar, and you've met yep. Eddie Van Halen a number of times.
2: I have. That's correct. So I've met him just out personally. I've met him through the through the tribute band. Um, really, really super nice, great guy. Um, would he
1: see you play? What's what's that like, Eddie Van Halen watching you play like Eddie Van Halen?
2: We never we never like formally kind of checked each other out or played. It was just kind of like you meet someone out in passing. So there was a there was a club in in the L.A. area called the Baked Potato, and it's where all the musicians would hang out on a Monday night and jam and real heavyweights like guys like Steve Lukather, Vinnie Caliuta, Simon Phillips. So, I would go down on Monday night, and there'd be jams. So, but it was more of jazz based But I got up the nerve to get up and start jamming like autumn leaves, blue bossa, and jazz standards and whatnot. Eddie happened to be in one night, and I think I was like talking with Steve Lukather, and Eddie and Steve were really close. So it was just being able to kind of like have a little bit of a conversation with him. But we didn't talk about guitar. I've always, I don't know, I guess when I meet people, I don't want to inundate them with the same questions. So I knew he was a huge car buff and really liked Lamborghini
3: Uh
2: and stuff. So it's like I just wanted to talk about cars and whatnot. So kind of, you know, like that's all the guy does is people want to talk to him about guitars. And it was interesting because he really engaged in the conversation. So it was nice. It was just like having a normal conversation with someone. Instead of like, oh my God, like, how did you do that riff, that riff on eruption (laughs) or what's that riff on Panama or you're so good. Okay, Scott,
1: don't geek out here. (laughs) You're having a conversation with Eddie Van Halen. Don't do
2: it. Don't ask about eruption. (laughs) Yeah, 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 exactly. So. I don't know, just a normal person conversation.
1: Speaking of eruption, that is, uh, well, when you say Eddie Van Halen and people think of, uh, groundbreaking, uh, eruption from that 1978 <laughs> debut album comes right. to mind and y- you have your guitar on right now, you're going to break down eruption for us.
2: Yeah, I absolutely can. So the thing about eruption was it was like an etude for Eddie. So an etude is a study piece. And if you play classical music, you played studies that worked on various techniques. So it could be working on left-hand technique, right-hand technique, or whatever, depending on the instrument you play. So um, Eddie had kind of written these little sections that feature different aspects of his playing. And I think there's like six sections in total, like six little parts to the song when they were recording the album, producer Ted Templeman went out to all the shows, and Eddie was always playing these little snippets backstage repeatedly, and and also as part of his solo, like, during the live performance. And one day Ted was like, you know, hey, Eddie, what is that? Like, what do you keep playing? And Eddie's like, oh, it's nothing, it's just a warm-up. And Ted's like, we got to record this, man. And I think typical Eddie was just really... You know, ah, I don't think it's very good, whatever. So <laughs> they went into the studio, and they did two takes. And they and I think they, they took the best parts of each one. I don't know. I wasn't there. Right. You know, the only one that really knows is Eddie and Ted Templeman or, and Don Landy, who would have been the producer at the time, or the engineer. Um, so that's, that's kind of like, you know, that solo just – really changed rock guitar history forever. Absolutely. Every, every it single blew everyone's heard, mind, man. Mm, everyone that heard it <laughs> either burned their guitars <laughs> or realized that they had to practice more or just like we're just in awe, just sheer love of it, and it just raised the bar.
1: Okay, like, well, you've, just, like, you've got crazy. your guitar on here. Scott Zarek from uh, the tribute band 5150 Van Halen Tribute. For Eddie, rest in peace. Let's hear you do a little eruption for us.
3: Thank you.
4: uh, original music.
0: Born January 26, 1955 in Amsterdam, Edward Van Halen's journey into rock and roll began with learning piano at the age of six. After switching to drums, then finally to guitar, he would go to form his first band with his brother Alex when Eddie was just in the fourth grade. Eddie and Alex would continue to make music together through their teens, through college, and for the rest of their lives. In 1972, Van Halen was formed. In 1978, After the release of their first album, the world first took notice of Eddie Van Halen. When he started going like this, he'd record six different versions of the solos. Okay. and then just start, move the channel. Like here, turn this one on, turn this one off, turn this one on, turn this one. Off, and then he'd have to go learn the solo. Wow. So you'll see his hand move from down here to up here and down there. <laughs> Thank you for the years of music, Eddie. You kept us running with the devil. You made us jump, dance the night away, and beat it. Today, right here, right now, we honor the life, music, and legacy of one of the greatest guitarists of all time, Edward "Love" Van Halen. But you can call him Eddie. Doesn't it doesn't make you nervous to be called like a guitar hero at all. People are putting on the cover of a Guitar Player Magazine. And here he is, God. I mean, do you feel a little odd about that sort of thing. It's, it's nice, but sometimes it's like, come on, you know,
1: just a punk kid who plays guitar. Sharing stories about uh, what Van Halen means to you. And look who we have, the rock and roll realtor from Remax Center City. Gord Pryor is with us. Hey, Gord. Hey, how are you? Good. You had a chance to meet Eddie Van Halen at one point.
4: Yeah, I, it was back when they played London, Ontario, and it was the day before the concert. I had picked my 9-year-old um, son up from school at the time, and I said, hey, Ronan, do you mind if I grab something real quick downtown on the way home? And we were in this store on Dundas and Clarence, and I could hear someone at the front of the store you know say oh my gosh there's eddie van halen and so we basically just ran across the street and sure enough he was there Hmm. and we had been listening to the new album at the time so my son was a huge fan and we uh went to take a photo with him and my camera wouldn't work it said the memory was full and so (laughs) eddie van halen actually (laughs) yeah it was it was terrible timing for the phone and he he took my iPhone and helped clear out some stuff. He goes, let me see this thing for a sec. So he actually took a few seconds of his time <laughs> and helped me with the phone and let us take a photo. And, and we had the pleasure of telling him something he's heard his whole life. Hey, like, you're the greatest rock and roll guitar player of all time. And it was uh, he was just totally down to earth, humble guy. It looked like he was just grabbing a coffee and going back down to his hotel room, probably at the Armories at the time.
1: Yeah. But he made time for you and your son. It always helps to have a young kid with you. Uh, yeah,
4: yeah, it definitely. When helps. you,
1: when, you <laughs> when there's a celebrity and you want to get a picture, hey, my son is a big fan. Yeah. Okay, guard.
4: Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. Yeah, like we are interrupting his day, but no, it was it was just one of those fluky moments, and uh, we all. I grew up on Van Halen. I mean. It was a game-changer, that first record, and it's so long ago that it came out. It seems like time has just flown, but um, you can see on social media, it's just nothing but Eddie Van Halen everywhere you look, and, and it kind of shows how much of an impact he had on the world. You know,
1: He changed the game 100%. There's not many people who can say that they will have a lasting impact on whatever it is they do, but he, he completely changed the way people looked at the electric guitar. Not un, not unlike uh, Jimi Hendrix, right? You know they, That's right. they they come along every couple decades and and Eddie Van Halen for the uh, late 70s early 80s, he was the guy.
4: Absolutely. So, yeah, it was just one of those fluky moments but uh something we'll never forget and and thankfully we have that picture framed at home in his autograph and um the news yesterday was was, you know, just devastating for uh, everybody in the music community
1: but um, yeah. and, and so to grateful
4: see, they played our to hometown to see
1: Wolfgang put that out yesterday I mean as a father you know I I lost my dad when he was 63 and I just I know how tough it is and, and to see Wolfgang put that statement out yesterday and, and say that he doesn't think he'll ever get over it you don't when you lose your yeah. dad you you don't get over something like that and for you as a father and your son to have that interaction with Wolfgang's father Um, Yeah, it's a pretty special thing, man Thanks for calling in, thanks for sharing that with us, Gord
4: Thank you, have a great day
1: If I had taken lessons and learned by the book
4: I would not play it all the way I do Instead of reading a book, I wrote my own Because of the things that I created technique-wise And whatever the way I play They had to reinvent a whole new way to write music Because they could not explain with regular notes what I was doing with this hand. So they had to create a whole new thing called tablature. It's something that, if you're a musician, you just play until the day you die. You know, it's not like, you know, I can't wait to turn 65 and retire. It's not an ordinary job. You play music, you don't work it. But at times it can be hard work to be able to play it.